I, I'm in a very fortunate position where like all of my friends are, are smarter than me. So <laughs> that's uh, a great position to be in. It, it is. <laughs> we stand today. This is method with method. the shadow. The business method. The business method podcast. The business method podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, welcome to the Business Method Podcast, where we examine the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. Our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that had built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we are interviewing 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that generate a million dollars or more in annual revenue. There is a growing movement of people building these caliber of businesses and we wanted to get behind the minds, the logic, and the science of what it takes to build a business like this. We've had some incredible guests like Bobby Edwards, the founder of Squatty Potty, who built a $35 million per year company with just 17 employees, and JP Sears, the YouTube superstar whose videos are going viral all over the internet. I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and we hope you enjoy the show. The Business Method. Welcome back to the show, listeners. We are glad you joined us today. A couple weeks ago, we featured the founder of Natural Stacks, Ben A. Bear, on the show. Natural Stacks is a supplement company helping people reach their highest level of peak performance naturally. We chatted about everything from branding, trends, rapid growth, hiring coaches, and what Ben would do if he started all over in today's world. We actually got such great content from the interview that we decided to make it in two different episodes. In this episode, we focus on biohacking. Biohacking is a huge industry today, and Ben and Natural Stacks are on the front line of this industry, helping people achieve optimal results for productivity. During the show, we address how Ben stays positive in gloomy environments, intermittent fasting, natural biohacks, getting into flow state, and of course, biohacking hangovers. If you're into productivity and want to dive deep on creating some optimal results, this is the show for you. And now, without further ado, once again, Ben A. Bear. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Chris, thank you for having me. It is not sunny in Seattle today. It is cloudy and gloomy, but I am feeling great, and that's all that matters, right? How do you stay positive in Seattle when it's always sunny and gloomy? Well, one, uh, I, I definitely increase my uptake of vitamin D3 because you're not getting that sunlight every day. When it is sunny out here, I'll spend at least 15 or 20 minutes just, just baking and basking into it. But you know, more than anything, it's, uh, it's just keeping busy. As soon as you have you know, an empty mind, an empty schedule or something like that, uh, you can really let the other effects like the darkness or whatever seep in. And then, and then my last hack is uh, as soon as snowboard season was over, my fiance and I took a, took a little trip to Bali and got some sun there before before coming back. And that's actually a tip from uh, my friend Eamon that runs uh, Sumo. He used to live out here working for Microsoft. And he was just like, dog, before you get out there, it's going to be like April. It's still going to be nasty. You have to go to Hawaii or something. So <laughs> that, that, was a, that was a trick and tip that I, that I took from Eamon. So shout out to Eamon. Shout out to uh, AppSumo. So Ben, being in the supplement business, what are your core products that you make sure you get every day to stay productive and positive? Wow. So my morning stack is going to be D3, krill oil, uh, curcumin, 
And then I also take some cod liver oil. Uh, after that, I'll do some green tea or, um, or a coffee. And then once I get into my day, I, uh, I take some Siltep, a little bit of dopamine, uh, two in one, and then, uh, then I'll head off to work. At night, I take magnesium and our GABA, and then the rest of it's kind of like depending on the situation. And do you notice subtle or large differences in your mood and the effects when you forget or miss a day of taking supplements? I think, um, you know, before starting Natural Stacks and getting involved in the supplements and biohacking and all of these different things, um, I kind of thought it was all bullshit. I was like, oh, you know, I'm operating at a very high level uh, right now. Uh, I'm, I'm fairly dialed in with everything that I want to do. You know, maybe these things will help a little bit, but I don't think it'll be that much of a difference. Um, and then when you look at, hey, I, I've got everything kind of down to an exact routine. You know, this is how much magnesium that I need. This is how much, um, you know, once I get my D3 levels back to normal, um, I've been doing intermittent fasting this entire year. I actually lost 25 pounds uh, wow. since January. Congratulations. Which, yeah, and, and for my frame, you wouldn't really even notice that much, but it, it's been like absolutely incredible. And, and I guess the main thing is, you know, once you find the different programs and routines that work for you, and that's going to be, you know, supplementation, that's going to be diet, that's going to be physical activity, that's going to be meditation, etc. cetera. Um, when, when you lose that for like a day or you go a day off or something like that, you're like, holy crap. It's like almost unbelievable. And it's like now if I go out and if I'm out with friends and I have, you know, a couple of drinks or something like that, the next day, even kind of the next day and a half, I'm like completely wrecked. Not completely wrecked, but you, you notice so much more of a difference once you kind of have that. Interesting. When you notice those differences, is the first thing that you do is try to get whatever supplement you need into your body to, to balance it out? Um, for me personally, uh, when I get, I guess the feelings of like laziness kind of creep in. It's kind of like, oh, I'll be working so hard and doing all these things, being productive, and then something will throw me off course. And whether that's, uh, you know, skipping supplements for a few days for traveling, whether that's, you know, going out to something and having a little bit too much alcohol, which I've been known to do, <laughs> um, f for me, that's like my excuse to be lazy again. It's like, oh, well, let's fall back into the other routines. Uh, you know, let, let's turn the Xbox on and play a bunch of Rocket League or something like that. But um, primarily what I have to do is I have, I have to brute force myself. And, and the way I'm able to do that is just getting back into my fitness routine. So anytime it's like I'm feeling awful, I, I force myself to go extremely hard at the gym. And that's kind of the way to like, oh, it's like it's like the wake up. And it, what are so if you do have a little bit too much alcohol one night, so you do your hard workout the next day, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. As, as soon as I possibly can. And is there any other supplements that you recommend for like too much alcohol hangover? Oh, definitely. I, I think the, the main thing that you need if you're drinking uh, a bunch that night is just vitamin C. Mm -hmm. Now we have a vitamin C, it's a, it's a hundred milligrams per serving and you know, I'll take those things kind of like candy before I go to bed. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, uh, depending on everything that, that's <laughs> happened. But, um, you know. That, that's the easiest thing. So you've been intermittent fasting since January, correct? Yes. So I moved to Seattle uh, from Austin in the fall of last year. And we had like one month of good weather. And then after that, 
it's just like raining and dark. And for the first time, I have this like nice gas fireplace in my house. And my fiance and I read about, uh, I always say it wrong, but it's like the, the Danish term Higge, which is like H-Y-G-G-E. Mm-hmm. And it's just all about uh, the concept of like creating creating a home and creating warmth and just like basically staying inside and being all like warm and cuddly. Um, so, so we started building out a lot of those elements at, the, at, our, at our house. And then, of course, being in a new city, um, you're going to eat and drink everything you freaking can just, <laughs> just so you can experience it all, you know? Right. Uh, because I don't, I don't really think that there's a better way to experience culture other than through food, food and drink. I think that's what kind of makes, makes us unique. Um, and maybe that's a little bit of my Anthony Bourdain talking. But <laughs> So, yeah, I was just going out. Uh, way too much eating drinking everything and I think I got up to like 183 pounds um, which at being 5'7 it's pretty big it's not yeah. that I was looking fat or anything but uh, my pants definitely weren't fitting as nicely as they used to <laughs> which is embarrassing but true when when January rolled around uh, we, we knew that we were gonna go to uh, to Bali in April and I was like holy crap I cannot be this this fat i just need to get it back together and went on a a fairly strict intermittent fasting uh routine uh most of that's following like the lean gains protocol Mm -hmm. uh leangains.com definitely he's like the godfather of uh of intermittent fasting and reverse pyramid training for for working out and the the tldr on that is basically just keep your uh keep your eating windows down to eight hours a day so whatever time you wake up, for me, I wouldn't eat my first meal until three and then keep keep that window from, uh, you know, three to 10 or 11 at night. And just by doing that, you know, I think for everyone, the, the pounds pretty much start falling off. And you, you can, you know, you can drink, you can have carbs, you don't have to totally restrict yourself. Because I've, I've experimented on myself with, you know, kind of every diet, whether it's uh, keto, whether it's, I try to go carnivore for like, a week, but ended up uh, eating pasta, I think at like day four. So, uh, <laughs> you know, w- when it comes to like adapting to, to, to meet your goals, whatever they may be, you know, don't feel like you have to really just box yourself into one thing or another. Everything in life is about, you know, adapting, changing, modifying, and just trying as many things as possible and finding what works for you. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was thinking about this today, actually, maybe earlier today, but Every year, if we're going to stay healthy, I think we really need to adapt our diets every year. And we need to just go one up and learn a little bit more every year and change it just a little bit. Because if we're eating the same thing we did when we were children, we're way behind. If we're eating the same thing we did five years ago, we're, we're behind, you know, and we're not necessarily eating the stuff that's, that's, that's optimal for us. And, uh, and I was thinking about that because there's so many people and generations that really eat the same thing that they grew up with, right? And they want to eat that until they die because that's their comfort food. But every year, um, you know, you've got to just learn what's next, you know, what's, what's out and what's healthy to change your diet just a little bit, not, not significantly, not huge, but so you stay on top of the game of health and nutrition. Yeah, absolutely. And that it's interesting because um, 
I think for myself, whenever I do like my personal yearly reviews, I usually look back and I think like, oh, this is what I did, you know, last year for management. This is what I was doing for business dev. This is what I was doing for marketing. This is how I was handling relationships. This is how I was handling this, that, whatever. And I'm like, holy crap, I was being such an idiot back then. Um, but when it, when it, really when it comes to food and our relationship with food is that, um, you know, there is that level of comfort. You know, it's kind of an escape. It's a dopamine rush when you, when you go back to whatever, you know, those things that, you know, you know might not be good for you, but you continue to eat. So I think, one, it's kind of like the restriction is more of just like, hey, you know, let's just rein it in just a little bit. So that's what makes it more special. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if you just give it to yourself all the time and you're, you're, you're hitting those reward receptors, well, then the big reward uh, is going to have to be something else. And that might be something that's worse for you, uh, way worse for you than just like going and eating a cheeseburger. So if you save kind of the cheeseburger as, hey, I had a really kick ass week. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to eat and then I can get right back to my thing. You know, that's perfect. And I think you know, people really need to create baselines for their reward system. And mastering that, you know, is, is one way to get a heck of a lot more out of life. Yeah, eating a cheeseburger when you had a kick-ass week or a shitty week is much better than eating a cake and a pizza and drinking a keg of beer for a week because <laughs> because you had a shitty year. Yeah, absolutely. Been, been through that, though. When, yeah. you're, when you're in college, you know, that, that can work because <laughs> your body is just so much more nimble back then. But Ra- ramen I'm, noodles and dollar pizzas, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I miss those days a little bit sometimes, little. but not too bad. I'm doing intermittent fasting now. I'm, I just finished week five and uh, I've loved it. Like uh, after week two, you know, I've just completely adapted to smaller meals and eating and not worrying about breakfast at all. And, and I think it's amazing. And so for any listeners out there, check it out and uh, see if it's for you. And, and I recommend trying it. Ben, I'm curious. The And, and I'm asking because I have no idea the, about the answer to this. Are, has there been studies about long-term usage of supplements and the effects? A positive, negative? You know, I don't know. I'm just curious if you have any insight on it. So it, it's depending on the ingredients uh Some of the formulas have been studied. Right now, we funded three clinical trials for Siltep, which is our our, flagship formula. We have a patent on it, and it's designed to induce what's called long-term potentiation in the brain, which is the underlying mechanism of uh, memory and learning. So when it comes to research as a whole, um, lots of research is done on individual ingredients. Lots of research is done on formulas. Because when it comes to advertising here in the USA, if you want to go on TV, uh, you need two clinical trials uh, to back up your claims. Uh, so we've, we've funded three, which as uh, a bootstrapped company was kind of like, it's kind of like just paying, paying for it with a couple Lambos because those things are expensive as heck. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's worth it to us because, you know, one, you know, we believe in this. And then two, you know, we want that clinical data to say, hey, you know, this is what we have here and we can keep expanding on the concept and growing it and, uh, you know, further developing the formula. So long answer. Yes. Uh, 
you know, that there's tons of different studies out there. Some of them are funded by the ingredient suppliers. Some of them are funded by companies like us. And then some of them are just done, uh, done at the university level, you know, studying the effects of things like curcumin. I know you mentioned like after you drink alcohol, um, you'll do a hard workout the next day to, to recover. Have you done any other tests or uh, biohacks yourself to increase the dose of like maybe dopamine or endorphins or oxytocin or whatever maybe naturally um, as to like, you know, maybe listen to music or meditation or working out or that sort of thing on a on a micro level, like on a daily basis, like do some push-ups or 15 minutes of relaxing? Well, I'll send you guys a picture of my uh, the front room in, a, in my place. I have a Concept2 rower and a kettlebell right next to each other. <laughs> okay. So if I, one, if I'm working here during the day, uh, I always make sure at the end of my Pomodoro sec- sessions that uh, you know, I'm swinging the kettlebell at least 20, 25 times. You'd be really amazed at what that's able to do for your blood flow. Mm-hmm. But you know, when it comes to, to biohacking or meditation and things like that, what I found works for me personally is um, you know you have to do something that that puts you in in the flow state. And the flow state's kind of like where you completely forget everything else that's going on around you. Your heart rate's elevated. You're scary. You're, you're scared as heck because you know it's something you haven't really done before. And that's, that's challenging for people to find, you know, because you, you have to push yourself outside of your comfort zone. I think one of the problems that we see in society today is that uh, it's very easy to find flow with video games. Hmm. So if you're playing like a first-person shooter or something, um, you know, the, the world around you has faded your, your heart rate is elevated because there's pressure to win, there's pressure to perform, but the problem is that you're not really putting yourself at risk. You know, if you lose in the game, you lose in the game. There, there's, um, you know, there's nothing really, the outcome it can't be that bad. But, and, and that's, what, that's what the problem is. So people just find their flow and, and they get it from sources like that instead of going out in the world. So I've always kind of rotated and when I look back at my life I'm like holy crap when I was uh in eighth grade to I think like 10th grade I was totally into paintball like every single weekend without fail I would somehow find twenty dollars from like begging my mom or dad or doing a random chore or something fill up my co2 tank buy 500 (laughs) paintballs and we would go in the woods and we would shoot the living hell out of each other (laughs) and if you've ever done that before Oh my gosh! It's, it's so awesome. Scary one. Oh, yes. it's awesome. They're they're flying at you. There's people around you. You're running. You're screaming at your friends. And when I'm talking about that world melting, and you only focus on one thing, and you know that that is the flow state that we're going for. You know, after that, I kind of moved on to skateboarding for a little while. I was really terrible at jumping down stairs, and from that, I moved right into Brazilian jiu-jitsu because I saw. Yeah, uh, Hoist Gracie in like UFC two or three or something like that, and I was like, oh my gosh, this dude's in a freaking karate uniform and he's he's beating these guys that are way bigger than him. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I'm always going to be you know a smaller guy. I need to I need to try this. So I'm in uh, I'm in twelfth grade, and in my old Honda Accord. It was like a 96 Honda Accord. I would drive from the suburbs into Baltimore City, 
trained at this place. It was like way before UFC became popular. Everyone's just like giant, you know, city guys. And it was, it was awesome because out of my comfort zone, and then you're doing jujitsu, which, uh, you know, if you, if you've never done before is like the perfect definition of flow. Yes. Because, you know, that's what it is. You're attacking, you're defending, you're attacking, you're defending, you're countering. Your mind is like only there. Absolutely. Yeah, I practice jujitsu too, and I, I, I completely agree. There's nothing else you can think about when you're, when you're rolling on the mat with another dude that's trying to choke you out. <laughs> yeah, you, you, have to be, you have to be completely there, completely committed to what's going on. And if you lose, you're going to be choking. Your arm's going to be hurting because you're, you're caught in an arm bar, a kimura, something like that. Um, and, and that, so I, if I'm looking at like my own personal timeline, so I go to, I go to college and I'm still doing jujitsu, but then after that, it, it kind of, uh, fell off for a little bit. Uh, I ended up transferring schools and it wasn't until I was at university of Maryland, uh, that I got an internship with a company doing e-commerce and at first employee, we did shark tank season one, um, and it was crazy because I'm working like insane hours, going to night classes. Um, but that was like flow for me. It was like, oh, this is what I want to do with my life. This is what I want to learn. I cannot get enough of it. Um, so, so that was like discovering kind of the first, the first passion there. And we're a little bit off topic when it, when it comes to biohacking and things like that. But I'll, I'll fast forward a little bit. Um, so I've been doing e-com since 2000 i guess that's 2009 2010 if we fast forward to now um you know obviously my my interests have changed a little bit i want to do more things but coming to finding flow for me now uh was getting here in seattle i found out and we actually talked about this a little bit earlier before we started recording i found out that oh my gosh there's all these uh great ski mountains around here and they get more uh more fresh snow than anywhere else in america so uh, during the winter here, it would be dark. I think it got dark at like 3 p.m. So it was basically dark all day. It's like living in that uh, in that town. From have you seen the vampire movie? It's like 30 Days of Night or something like that. Uh, I haven't seen that one though. No, no, but well, I can imagine. If you're if you're on a plane, it's it's worth a watch. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it kind of felt like that. But finding flow for me was, hey, I was totally totally bad at snowboarding. But every time it snowed and it was fresh out, I'd basically take my truck, drive out to the mountains with my business partner, Roy, or whoever else I could recruit. And that was that was just absolutely incredible because I went from going down blues last year to flying down double blacks now with like snow coming up everywhere. And it's insane because, you know, if you fall or something like that, you know, you're, you're going to be in a little bit of trouble. You have to be completely dialed in. You have to be in that, you know, absolute flow state. Now that it's spring, uh, with one of our guys, uh, I'm going to be going to jiu-jitsu next week. Nice little open mat, so getting back into it. But I think constantly we have to test ourselves. We have to find things that work for us. But more than anything, if you don't have an activity or something in your life that you're doing where everything else in the world melts away, you have to be completely dialed in. And if you, if you aren't, there's a consequence uh, you need to find that. And that thing's different for all of us. But there is nothing that you can do that's like diet, supplements, whatever, that that can replace having something like that in your life. Mm, I like that. 
What are some miniature ways that you get into flow state? Say it's like a Tuesday afternoon and you want to get into flow state and you don't have any plans to do jujitsu or go snowboarding or anything. Any, any small uh, micro recommendations you have? Well, for me, that, that's going to be music and physical activity. Uh, before I started Natural Sacks, I had a I had a pretty big electronic music blog, and I would just travel to festivals everywhere. It's where I've met some of my, you know, best friends that I still have today. Uh, so, so that's always going to be music. Uh, before we got on this call today, I didn't really have any coffee left. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I just have to muscle myself into getting ready for this interview, <laughs> and. Uh, it was a it was a red hot chili peppers type of morning. I did some kettlebell swings. I've got a Lacroix, so ready to go. Right on, man. Um, ah, I love that topic. Ben, is there any other words of wisdom you want to drop before we wrap up this show? I'd say, you know, if a lot of people are listening to this and 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 they're working on, you know, what what they think is going to be the big thing, or they're having questions on if what they're working on is right, I think questioning yourself is good. You know, you're always going to have those insecurities and paranoia and acknowledging those is all part of the process of you growing, maturing and building, you know, and and working towards your goals. So don't, don't really shy away from that. Um, and, and the last part is, you know, just stay in the game, keep working, keep going at it. You know, if you stay in long enough, you will find success and you'll make it happen. Absolutely. Ben, I want to give you a huge thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for sharing all your tips and tricks and your wisdom with us. We really appreciate it, my friend. Thank you so much. No problem. And if any of you guys want anything from Natural Stacks, uh, just go to the site and type in Chris Reynolds. See, I'm helping you out because we're branding (laughs) you at the top. So I'm like, everyone has to think Chris Reynolds, Chris Reynolds, Chris Reynolds. Yeah, I appreciate that. Definitely. This whole session has definitely given me a new way to look at branding for sure. And I really appreciate that. Listeners, we're going to wrap up there. We'll put the links in the show notes. And if you want to get a hold of Ben, you can check out naturalstacks.com. Thank you guys for joining us once again. And we'll see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Hey, listeners, thanks again for joining the show. We wanted to remind you about our Get Shit Done one-on-one productivity coaching that we recently just launched. What we do is work with you to create big business goals that are absolutely game changers. We make a plan together and put you in our productivity hacking system that helps you stay on target. Each week, you get a call with yours truly about what steps to take for the following week. Some say it's like a year of productivity in just three months. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching. Thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching.